Scented chambers of Dr. Ron B. Smith Jr. Frontside. Perfect. Perfect. So Jacob and I, last time we recorded, I smelled these windscreens and I was like, that's not mine. Right. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, I am so glad I'm not using, I'm going to select what windscreen I use next because we just had Cajun fries from Five Guys. <laughs> and they're not going to smell all that good when we come back um, and record. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome back. Um, by now, uh, we are on episode eight. And I'm just going to tell you what we have right now. And then I'm going to do a little bit of sort of housekeeping and reminders. Um, so we actually have a guest speaker today. Um, his name is Mike Buffelli. I'm going to introduce him a little bit more in just a moment, but guest speaker today. You already see the title of what we're going to be talking about. I'm really excited about this, right? But a little bit of housekeeping. So just to remind you guys, so as we're putting this together, um, we literally are still creating and producing like the logo. We're coming up with the intro music. So we're literally creating front sight as, as we record, which, by the way, as a reminder, go out and just encourage guys to uh, like, um, subscribe, and even share this. And now this episode, I'm probably going to say it a number of times, I'm praying and hoping that, Mike, you come back, and uh, because this is one that really needs to be on YouTube. You'll understand why um, in just a moment when we get into it. Um, with that said, hopefully we're going to be um, filming. Like, this isn't just going to be radio. Um, we're actually going to have video to it as well. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into it. What is, what is Front Sight? As a reminder, what is our goal here? Our goal is for to, to make godly biblical men, men that are faithful, men that are focused, and men that are fearless. When you look at a sight aperture, right, the rear aperture, you usually have the two dots, whatever you want to call them. I saw we got Mike here today. And then you've got the front sight. So across the scope there, across the line, there's there's three little dots, if you will, or three lines. We want you guys to be faithful, focused, and fearless. What we want to offer is real-life conversation that results in life-changing adjustments, hint like front sight, adjusting the scope, and take home advice, literally take home advice. Like we, we we want this to affect the home, right, wherever you are. And so what I love about this is this is everyday guys. Now, listen, I've already introduced his name, um, Mike Buffelli. Before I give you the, the whole um, honorary stuff about this guy, he's my friend. Um, so two roles in that, and I have to speak those two roles. Um, he's a friend personally, but he's a pastor's friend. And Mike has been that to me for so many years. I'm going to speak more about that as we go through the podcast. You'll understand why. But he is absolutely perfect for this um, this this episode because on this episode we're literally we're, t- we're sort of taking a break, maybe kind of if you will, from the norm. And we want to talk about like why front sight. And we we want to, we want to give you some tips today, which is why Mike is here, shooting expert. Um, you worked weapons, Paris Island, right? Retired, right. yeah, retired yeah. gunnery sergeant, Marine Corps, and so you have helped me dial in a lot of my guns, right, and continue to do so. 
So you're here to, to, to functionally talk about front sight. Like, give us some shooting tips. That's why I mean when I say this one probably needs to come back and be video because, you know, we're, we're, actually, we're, we're asking you now to listen uh, audibly and yet draw a picture in your head of how Mike is describing or detailing what it means, like some shooting tips. A little bit more about Mike why he's here. So retired Marine Corps uh, private security contractor for a really large, well-known firm. Um, currently, he's a commercial contractor. And uh, But beyond that, right, I think you'd probably say your greatest accomplishment is being married to Debbie. That's correct. And your children. And now two grandsons. Absolutely. Do you love that? It's awesome. It's awesome. Awesome. I yep. want you to expand on that um, uh, here in just a moment. So, Mike, what's... What's the big deal? Like, I've actually had guys ask me this. So when I explain front sight and they're sort of learning to shoot, they're like, I never thought about that. Like, what's what's the big deal about front sight? Like, talk. Just start sharing, man. With your shooting experience, with your weapons experience, what's the big deal about front sight? Why do we, if you will, focus on that? And how to focus on that? Give us some shooting tips, man. Just let it roll. Sure. I remember when we first started talking about front sight, um, uh, the first word that popped into my mouth for me, um, I've never, uh, every answer, uh, that I've ever had in my life, every question that I've ever had in my life, um, uh, the answer came from the Bible, uh, wow. since becoming a Christian. I remember when we first started talking about this, the first word that popped into my head was sin, um, mm. from, and I think it's the Hebrew, you know, better than me. Uh, but I think when I first became a Christian, sin is actually an archer's term called hamartia. Yes. And hamartia means to miss the bullseye. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't mean to to get a, a, a it hit it in the five ring or the four ring or the three ring or or it means to miss miss the target completely. Mm. So then we started talking about oh my gosh, um you know for for this whole thing and, and even in life um especially our, our walk with Christ, the clear front sight tip when you're shooting is absolutely necessary. If you focus on your rear aperture and it becomes clearer, then your front sight tip is really what guides the end of the gun. Mm. When we think about shooting, most most everything is done in mills. Okay. Uh, and a mill is about the thickness of a piece of paper, like this piece of paper in front of us. Wow. So if you, you move uh, that gun one mm. mil or the thickness of a piece of paper, whether it's a, a, a pistol or, a, or a, uh, you know, a long gun, um, the strike of that round moves one inch at 100 yards. Mm. Oh, my gosh. So depending on the distance, if, you, if you're if you sitting down or laying down and you move when you shoot, you move one mil and you're firing at 1,000 a thousand a yards, you can miss 10 inches. Oh, my gosh. Right? 10 inches. Think about that. So depending on the distance and what you're doing when at at, at you know your 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 point of aim point or right. your, your uh, where you're where you're stationed yeah. um the amount that you move or the amount that you're off with your rear side aperture or uh if you don't have a front side tip or you don't get a good trigger pull or you you your breathing's off or or you know any of those things um the strike of that round depending on how far you're shooting it could could miss. However, if you're calm and you're collected, and you have a clear front side tip, you know exactly what you're focusing on, and everything lines up, then you you hit that bullseye. No impact, no idea. There you go. But I, okay, go with that. I I love 
and that's what I was telling these guys before when I was like, the stuff that just rolls out of his mouth in conversations, and, and why I said he's perfect for this, is he doesn't just give you tips. Everything is so highly relatable to Scripture, and I love that. So a lot of folks didn't know that the definition of sin is missing the mark. Sure. So that's why front sight's so important. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's it's perfect. Uh, what we're doing, or what you're doing, is is perfect. You think about all the um, all of the the word pictures that the Bible gives. You know, it's like raising, children are are like arrows in the quiver of a strong man. You know, I mean, there we go with with archery. They didn't have you know firearms back then. They had mm. arrows. They had spears. Um, you know, slings. Um, mm. But but you know, like with, with an especially with an arrow. I mean, right. You know that. The archer back in the day would would, you know, polish those shafts and, right. and make all of those arrows himself. And and you know, interesting that that kids would be associated with an arrow. Wow. Um, and how that applies to to parenting and even the front side tip. You know, when you're, I love archery as well. But uh, you know, focusing on on that arrow, making sure that the shaft is straight, protecting the arrow, make sure that you're not. You know, depending on what kind of arrows you have, are they fiberglass, are they wood? How am I going to store them? All of those things that the Bible talks about, as wow. far as our children and as far as belief and focus and discipline, all all relate to to parenthood, to being a man, to you know, to things that we do every day. That just it's just right there. It's right there, right there in Scripture. Wow, you know, it is. Now you said something. I don't know when it was, but you said something that, I, and that's when I asked you to come onto the podcast. And it was a Sunday morning. You're in the office, so talk about the things that affects us. So you're already alluding to that, like taking care of the air. But that was like the allusion to children. But taking care of what your weapon, taking care. But talk about taking care of yourself. Here's what you said, sure. and um, I'll just hint at it and let you run with it. You're like. You're like, Pastor Ron, even what I have to eat the night before. Like, talk about all of what affects and do both spiritual and physical in shooting. Sure. So when I was a young Marine, uh, before I became a Christian, I was, I always, man, my my methodology to go into the rifle range was just, just you know, it's like, uh, like religious. I would make sure I didn't have too much to drink. I wouldn't drink a lot of caffeine in the morning because caffeine would make me nervous and makes mm. my eyes twitch. But one time I went out with my friends and, uh, and had some alcohol mm. and, uh, and that alcohol threw my vision off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know this. I was talking to the range coach and the range coach just said, man, you were shooting so great all week long. What happened? He said, tell me you didn't go out and get drunk last night. And I'm like, yeah, wow. yeah, I absolutely did. He said, well, that's it. He hmm. said, "He said that'll throw you off as much as an inch, maybe two inches." Wow! And so uh, I didn't have any idea. So then there was caffeine, you know, eliminating caffeine because when you're in certain positions, the sitting position, the kneeling position, the offhand, um, that caffeine makes your heart pulse, and mm. it and it uh, it you know does release a certain certain chemicals in your brain, and and you just cannot steady that weapon, and uh, and so that makes it you know that makes your shots. Shots are jumping all over the place. Yeah. So like Rodney said, no, no impact idea, uh, no idea. And that's a common thing for Marines when, when they say, you know, they look look for a strike in this big cheesecloth target and can't find it, and uh, and that's one of those shots that you might have a clear front sight tip and do everything right, but when you go to squeeze that round off, it's just gone. It doesn't wow. even hit the target. Wow. And you know, and that's what you put in your body. 
Um, you know, like even the, the Lord tells us what alcohol is, is excess, right? Right. Um, and, uh, and so excess, it, it creates excessive movement. It creates uh, poor vision. It creates all the things physically, right, uh, that we apply in our lives that Scripture tells us there's the same effect uh, mm-hmm. spiritually, emotionally, and, and uh, you know, psychologically as well. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so I'll think about this. So we've spent two podcasts, I believe, talking about winning the war within. Mm-hmm. How, how does what's going on in your head affect shooting? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, it affects me every day. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, a bad, you know, a bad round or a call like Rodney said, um, um, you know, when you're shooting competitively, they they have a thing called uh, Maggie's drawers or a red flag. If you completely miss the target, you know, usually it'll go down and you look for a target and it's a white spot. Mine were always white spotters. Um, White spotters are are what, you know, there's only white and black on a target. So white spotters are are um, what you want to see because it's it con- it's in contrast to the black target where the bullseye is. So that always made me happy. Right. Um, but then when you miss, they just wave this big red flag and everybody on the range, there might be, you know, 250 people on the range. Everybody gets to see those Maggie drawers. And then you just get ridiculed after that by, you know, everybody that, Oh, he got a Maggie's drawer. Um, so, um, so it's hard to shake off uh, a red flag. Right? right, it's hard to shake it off. It's personal embarrassment. It's also embarrassment by your community. Right, it's it's, it's embarrassment by the people that are lined up behind you, uh, on the range waiting to shoot, um, and in your head that one round. So you might fire fifty rounds, but that one round, if you if you just you know just own it and say, "Yep, it was it was a red flag," put it behind you, take a little bit deep breath, and then. Do all those things that you know how to do on the next round and the next round and just do the next right thing, then everything works out for you. But if there's if there's no if there's no thought, if there's no forgiveness, or there's no putting that behind you, um, wow. then your next wow. round is probably gonna be a Maggie's drawer too. Wow. Yeah. Man, there's so much there. So like I'm I'm putting this together in my head mm-hmm. already. So I'm thinking this through. So already you were you you taught us the Hebrew word, right? And what it means for sin to miss the mark, and so guys are going to miss the mark. Every I mean, day. Every, every day. day, we're not going to have the right thoughts. Uh, maybe we wake up angry. Um, I literally was just telling him, you know, a story coming in, you know, to work today. Like I couldn't figure out what this guy was going in front of me. wasn't pushing him or tailgating him or anything. I was actually staying back because he was so unpredictable. He was, you know, mowing yards, and he kept pulling over, like pull over, pull out, pull over, pull out. And he literally like just jumps out of his truck and just starts yelling at me like, I'm going to park right here. And I'm like, okay, well, great. like park. But man, his head, like, and I watched the guy that he was working with. He was a young kid. Don't think it was his son. He had this look of like, wow, like, do I want to get back in the truck with him? My point is you're going to wake up and you're, you're going to get, you're going to get angry. Um, you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel defeated. Like you're going to make mistakes. And I love the point that you just made. So yes, sin is missing the mark, but a lot of guys can't shake off the red flag. Sure. They can't shake off a miss. And it is embarrassing, um, you know, to miss. Jacob and I went shooting and I took that M4. This is what, two or three years ago? And I hadn't yeah. shot it. Remember, I think I called you oh, right yeah. afterwards. What's wrong with the gun? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. 
Because it was so embarrassing. Here I am shooting with all these friends, and I have no idea where that round went. And <laughs> and, and the range balls comes up to me, and he's like, uh, son, do you mind if I take a look? Fire another round down. Like, And you know what that is? It's like, that was a really bad shot, bro. Yeah. Do you even deserve to be out here kind of a thing? <laughs> I was so embarrassed. You know, my point, again, red flags. That was such a good point. So we're going to miss the mark. And we're going to get some red flags. But what you said, you got to learn what you did wrong and just do what you know is right round after round after round. But all of that revolves around, I love what you said earlier too, that the front sight affects the muzzle, like the end of the... Oh, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why you focus on the front sight. Absolutely. What happens if I focus on the target? Oh, it's great. So if you focus on the front sight, your rear sight aperture or your rear sight becomes blurry and the target becomes blurry, mm. which is what you want. You want that because the target becomes bigger when it's blurry, and then you just aim for center of mass. But if your target is clear, then the, your sighting devices are not clear. They're blurry. So whenever that you squeeze that trigger and that round gets released, all that does is, and remember we talked about that little sliver of paper called a mill, right? Mm. All that does is when your target is clear, that means all of those finely tuned instruments that allow you to sight that, sight that weapon and, and, and release that round, that just increases the millage, right? It, it takes a one mil, one mil mistake and makes it a three or four mil mistake, Gosh. which is when they start waving your Maggie's drawers wow. or you just miss the target completely, depending on how, how many yards back you are. All right, so apply that, apply that to us um, spiritually. So hopefully, guys, what you're getting right now is both a shooting tip. I mean, you got that. Like, my, my point here is I deal, and maybe you do as well, I deal with a lot of guys that are aiming at the proverbial target in life. Got to have the right income. Got to have the right job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm doing these things at home, but I'm still missing it. Sure. Right? Um, we're kind of taught to aim at the target in life, mm-hmm. like an income, a status, a title, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So how how do you train somebody to to not look at the target? This is these are just questions I'm asking. Ronnie Jacob, you guys can chat. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead. No, I think it's a great question, and and it's probably going to seem uh, what I'm going to say seems like so common. You hear it all the time mm. in devotions and all that other stuff. But honestly, it's really it's Peter looking at Jesus on the boat with the wind and the waves. Oh. You know what I'm saying? When he kept his eyes on Jesus Christ, yeah. he could walk on water. He could wow. do, you know, with, with men, things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as long as he stayed focused on Christ, he was walking on water. And 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 as soon as wow. he said, oh, my gosh, the wind and the waves, wow. he lost sight of Christ and he started to sink. And he said, oh, Lord, rescue me. Mm. It's the same. I mean, all, everything in the Bible, I think, is just so, if we take time, slow down a little bit, think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it all you know it all becomes really relevant and simple and not complicated right right yeah. and then and then the scripture instead of us reading scripture scripture reads us like yeah. you're talking about right like yeah. um um with uh, I I need to have this much money I need to have this kind of job well, well do do I really need to right. do I really need to spend all this time at work when my wife is sitting at home and my kids don't get to see me and you know I walk in the door and I'm tired and I can't do anything with them mm-hmm. is that really worth um you know the money that I'm making should I maybe or or maybe it's not even that maybe it's just you know maybe it's something else I mean me re, re, reprioritizing right. should I be sitting what sitting down watching the 
the the game on on uh, you know Monday night football when I could be doing homework with my kids. Wow. You know what's what's going to get me what's going to get me the most yardage. You know wow. what again the front side tip. What right. what am I keep what is clear? What's the priority? Wow. You know and then uh, if I am missing the mark, you know all of those sighting devices have windage and elevation, right? I can make adjustments to the left. I can make adjustments to the right. If I'm, if if the strike of the round is low, I can, I can dial it up. All I got to do is just make some simple adjustments and I'm back on target, which Mm. I think, you know, in the shooting, shooting world and biblical world is justification. Yes. Right. That's all it is. The Bible says, if we say that we don't have any sin, we say that we don't have any sin, then the truth's not in us. Yeah. Right. But if we confess our sins, then he is faithful and, just. just to forgive us of our sins. So it's just as if we never sinned. Again, mm, right. the Maggie's drawers, right? Right. You got to have all that embarrassment. But if Christ says, I'm free, and Christ says, shake it off. Did you make a mistake? Absolutely. And humility, right? That's right. what it is. Right. Most of the time, it's right. us not being humble enough to come before the cross and say, Jesus, mm-hmm. I totally blew this. I totally, you know, watched porn, drank alcohol, yeah. did you know, whatever, stole this from the store, whatever your particular affinity for sin is. Every right. Everybody's got something different. Yeah. Cajun right? fries. Yeah. yeah. Cajun, Cajun, Cajun yeah. fries. Shouldn't yeah. ate those Cajun fries. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and go before the throne, humble yourself, which is power under control, right? right. Humility. Right. And say, Christ, you're right. I was wrong. And then uh, it's just as if I never sinned. Right. Right. And then, right. and then put that next round on target. Right. Okay. Is your uh, yeah? Go ahead, jump I'm in, Ronnie. Yeah, this of, is awesome. I'm just thinking of like, you know, the military or the the very obvious things, and you're talking about targets and sites. But if like you just think professionally, you know, across the scope, like even like sales, right, right, right. right. Oh, sure. So when you're selling, you've got you know you've got initial contacts and you've got all of these conversations and right. things you're supposed to do before you actually close a deal, right. And you have to have so many of these conversations before you actually get somebody that says yes. Yeah. So you could sit there and complain about the target right? and say it's not the right one. But if you're not doing all the little things and you're not focused on the script, how you present, when you get to the end, it doesn't matter. Correct. So it's, it's so applicable in yeah, like that's, a thousand that, different ways. That's, that's great. My my oldest son is a salesman, and he keeps track of He knows how many doors he needs to knock on, how many people he needs to present to, how many presentations he needs to do, you know. And, the close, and, you hit the target it, it, if you just do those other things. Right, and how do I tweak that? And how do I, That's great. I mean, I, I used to, or had friends that did the same thing with, with cold calling and telephone calls and and gripping and grinning, right? They would call them yeah. area contacts mm-hmm. and how many right. people they needed to do in order and present and make appointments and then make pre- presentations in order to make a sale. So, right. Yeah. And all of that, but what what both of you said is just with you're just firing another round down the range. You might hit Maggie's drawers, you might hit a black, but you just keep firing, stay consistent, go back to those principles that you learn. Mm -hmm. One of our realtor friends, I met with him, and he's going to be a new dad soon. And the number one question he asked me is like, how in the world am I going to balance being a new dad, right, and doing things at home? He's like, how do I how do I balance that? Okay, and I said, well, walk me through. Like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm in real estate. It takes 100 phone calls, 10 people will respond, and one will be the sale. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. goes, and that's on a daily basis. Sure. Mm. 
like and that and meaning that one might be the one for the month, one for the week, one cool. for but it, he he goes, I'm I know, I know, I know the math, if yeah. you will. Mm-hmm. And I'm a new I'm a new dad and my my wife, you know, is at home. There are days when I maybe only can get through forty or fifty, not a hundred. So that means I'm already ending the day going, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like tomorrow's gonna be hundred and fifty calls. Yeah. That was a legitimate question. Right. And so he he's he's basically asking, how can I not get the red flag? How mm-hmm. can I not do this in this area of my life? Man, these we're God we're changes the math. God does yeah. change the math. Exactly you right. Did it for me all the time. I mean yeah, working like you, you you validate the 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 all nighters, you validate, mm-hmm. you know, you, you justify is really yeah. the and then you just realize that when you just you're obedient, you do what you're supposed to do, he he clears the path. Right. And the numbers don't add up. Right. That's a great part about it, you know. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about work for just a moment. Then, since we're on that, so um, we we mentioned Mike, you're in commercial contracting, and um, there's a lot of pressure on you in the position that you're in, and you're with the you're with the big firm, one of the one of the biggest in the country, and there's a lot of weight on you. And the culture of that firm is like most cultures that um, aren't Christian firms, you know, if you will. Um, it's not. Christ exalting and Christ um, mentioning, if sure. you will. And so walk us through like, okay, that sounds awesome. Thanks, Mike. Great front site tips. But you have no idea. Like my workplace is crappy. So I can start my day off, Mike, is you know probably what a listener is saying. I can start my day off awesome. and But when I go to work, this is the junk that I face. And, man, you face a lot of junk. So share with us, if you will, however much you want to mm-hmm. share on that. But how does a guy keep his head straight? How does he keep his front sight in sight? How does he keep that in sight when you're trying to be a godly man in an ungodly work culture? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say I was success. <laughs> I was successful at that. Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, it's uh, big big job sites typically, um, and you know, all walks of life. Um, most are not Christian. Right. Um, you know, we we do have a small. I just naturally try to find out, find the guys that are mm. fellow believers in Christ. Okay. Um, number one, so that we can pray in the morning or, or encourage one another, but also two for accountability. Because, um, you know, it's funny when I was a Marine, I I I went for years where uh, most people think Marines cuss and all that other stuff. I I didn't. It was easier in the Marine Corps to to discipline yourself not to not to cuss. But and uh, you know, and and I on the construction side, I just this week probably, you know, just blew it. Um, but I try to find those Christians so they can kind of look and say, man, you, you kind of like, you know, didn't, right, didn't right. come across so well, there, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. um, and hold each other accountable. But yeah, it's difficult. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's the typical frustrations of people that just don't want to do their job. Um, and, uh, but I think for the most part, and maybe that's just how Christ has made me, uh, I, I honestly don't think that people show up uh, on a day-to-day basis to screw things up, right? right. I mean, I think everybody genuinely wants to do a good job uh, in the United States, so so that's a blessing. But uh, I think the real thing is is again the the front side tip or the clear front side tip would be to slow down and be very cognizant and present um, of who I who who lives in me, uh, right. who I serve, and what my purposes because the reason i'm there is not really reason i'm there right mm. there uh, it's uh you Great know point. like you say so many so many sundays what you when you go to work is what you do it's not who you are right so right. i really am an ambassador for christ and i need to remember that which which tends to slow me down and and 
no matter how upset I get, right. um, you know, slow down and concentrate on what the next thing I'm going to say is, right. uh, which tends to help because when my, you know, when you get emotional, you get upset and you start losing focus, right? Right. Uh, start losing sight of what, what you're there for and, and who bought you, who owned you. Yeah. Um, then it's, then your words come very fast and that's typically when you say something that you really wish you probably wouldn't have said. That was good. That was, that was perfectly phrased. You, when you don't slow down, the words come fast, man. That's what, and, and you work long hours and sometimes weekends. I mean, it's, it's a demanding job and the culture that you're in really doesn't care that you have church on Sunday or maybe even sometimes a family afterwards. I mean, that they do. I mean, some, but you know what I mean? They're like, get the job done. And yeah, I mean, I know your routine, but I wanted you to share that with them. You start your day out in the Word, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I just absolutely can't function without it. I've tried not to, you know. I've ran out of the house, Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Um, But it has to be that way. Yeah, Uh, it has to be that way because I don't. I I just absolutely positively cannot start the day out without Christ. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, usually up and about at about three thirty. I have my devotions, wow. get a little workout on, um, get the wow. happy endorphins kicking, and then uh, you know go, go to work. Yeah. So and then uh, you know, poor Debbie, my wife, but I don't know that she ever knows when I'm going to come in the door. But typically, right now, it's uh, you know we're running seven days a week, three hour or uh, three shifts. Um, Mike, I didn't hear anything you said after three thirty in the morning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you know, uh, get up and, and do it all over again. So, uh, it's it's pretty intense schedule, but uh, average day. How much, when, when do you come home? Average day. What? Uh, a, a short day right now is probably you know eleven or twelve hours. Right. So, yeah. Short day. Yeah. 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 So and so you're coming home and you're you're basically like I'm so sorry, but I got to get in bed because I'm only going to get like five six hours of sleep. Got to do it all over again. Sure. You know, so you're trying to find time with your wife. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about family, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you've you got a great family. You've got an older son you just mentioned. He's mm-hmm. uh, successful in sales, and what a great young man he is. Married. Um, they are uh, they are the ones that are – you've got your two grandsons two with. Two grandsons. Right. You've Onis- got a- Onisimus and Secundus. <laughs> <laughs> that is not their names. <laughs> no. I think that was Mike's vote, probably, it sounds like. <laughs> right? Right? Um You've got you've got a, a lovely daughter, right? Super successful, beautiful. Um, yes, and and a younger son, mm-hmm. uh, Marine. Yep, just got back. Or uh, yeah, he's he's a, sar- a sergeant. He yeah. was in uh, in Kabul for the uh, the uh, the pullout of the airport there in uh, about a year ago today. Yeah, the 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 bombing disaster that happened there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was some tense moments. I know Rough for you guys. Morning. Rough morning yeah. for them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, trying to hear it out. But you got, Mike, you've got such a great family. Um, if you were, like, if we were to end on this, and who knows, we might, what What are some lessons um, and encouragement you would give? Because you, you're Marine, you're sure contractor. Um, you, you've, you've been around all those blocks. You're a husband, um, you're a father, and you're a grandfather. And I just entered that club um, eight weeks ago. Eight weeks, Jacob, or nine? Eight? Eight weeks. Eight weeks ago, I just entered that club. Um, and I, I know that how being a grandfather has even changed my perspective on being a father, right? It's sure. Like I, you know, it's amazing, mm-hmm. like, what we learn. And it's like, wow, I wish I could do that over again. There's, um, But what what are some lessons that you've learned, maybe some encouragement you would want to offer to – there's a lot of guys like you, 
there's a lot of guys that are working long hours trying to find time with with their with their family. They they somewhat feel guilty. They feel they feel guilty if they're not out working and providing enough, but then they feel guilty when they're gone and they're providing. Um, and the culture and the world that they're in and how it just absolutely zaps them. There's a lot of guys. I'm going to use this word because it's you know you've used it, Mike. What I deal with is a lot of guys get Maggie's drawers every day. Sure. And they're defeated, and they want to give up on their marriage. They they think they're they think they're a failure as a dad, hmm. and it's hard for them to even think about being a grandfather because they're like, gosh, if I, you know, I feel like I messed this up. Why do that? Hmm. But do, what 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 lessons? What what advice, encouragement would you give a young dad? Um, you know, a, a young father, uh, a grandfather, husband. Yeah, just talk to us for a minute. What, how would you encourage them right now? Yeah, uh, I, for me, it's always been the arrow, the arrow in the, you know, in the, in the quiver, f- with my, with my children anyway. Um, with my wife, I, I have made such terrible mistakes. You know, when I had, I became a Christian, I thought, man, this is what I'm going to do, and this is kind of mm. husband I'm going to be. And man, I wish I could go back and redo it and, and be wow. that guy because I, you know, God, she's such a, she's amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, and, and of course I suffer from, from, from some PTSD and some other right. stuff, but, uh, and that's been difficult, but she's been right there the whole way. Um, not that I'm using that as an excuse for any of the stupid stuff that I've done, but right. th- thank God for his grace and forgiveness. You know, when we yeah. prayed, we talked about, you know, I, you know, pornography and, and alcoholism and fighting and yeah, you know, I, I like all of it. Um, right. right. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I get that. You know, that. I mean, that's my, those are my, my go-tos. I, uh, you know, when, when things are not, are not right. And they, they have been for my, most of my entire life. So becoming a Christian, um, was an amazing thing for me. One of my first verses that I learned was, uh, John 14 and six, because I had read, you know, I'd read a lot of stuff prior to becoming a Christian, you know, some, some Hindu stuff and all these things looking for the answer. And then, uh, when, when one of my friends led me to the Lord, Remember the first verse was Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I said, Man, he didn't he didn't say I am a he didn't say I'm a way. He didn't say I'm one of the ways. He said I am the way and the truth. And that's all I ever really ever wanted is the truth, you know? And then to be uh man enough or courageous enough to to own up to mm. whatever the Lord puts on my heart, which has not been easy, you know. Mm-hmm. This year for me, it's been um, him eliminating fear from my life. You know, wow. fear of failure, fear of uh, you know getting fired, fear of getting laid off, fear of going bankrupt. You know, I've shared yeah. a lot of this with you. Um, just all these things, and oh man, he's shown up. It's been painful. Don't get me wrong, right. but he's just shown up in miraculous ways. And, and um, never, I didn't get to see him as the tender, amazing father. Uh, who is my shield and my rampart? You know, wow. I always knew as as a Marine, one of my favorite stories is is Jesus and the centurion, mm-hmm. uh, where Christ said to the centurion, "You know, no greater faith." And this is to a Roman centurion. This is a Jew saying to a Roman centurion, the occupier of his land, "Wow, no greater." Wherever this story's told, you, you know, this yeah. is going to be remembered. What a great faith that he had, because. He w- he told Jesus, "Look, I'm a man. You know, people tell me to go, I go. I t- I I have servants. I tell them to go, they go. I, you know, I tell them to come, and they come. You just say the word, and I know that my servant will be healed, because he knew Christ's authority. This man, right. Mm. right? So being obedient is one thing, but knowing the love of the Father, something completely wow. separate. Yeah. 
So I, I told that whole first part of it because, you know, I, I, my kids always, always give me a hard time because I was so strict. Um, or they say I was so strict. Um, but I really felt like knowing, and Rodney, you know this, when you go overseas and you see things, you, you know what's coming when you come back to the States because we live in such a bubble. Um, and when you leave the United States and, and you go serve in a conflict, you know, part of that stuff is headed your way, whether, whether you, you think it, it's, it's cured, whether, you know, you just see things that you, that either the Lord puts in your heart or, you know, man, you know what, it's not going to be long and this is going to be over here. Mm. It's going to be back here. Mm. So, um, I always had this picture and Debbie as well, you know, thankfully I've had a wife that, that is a Christian mm. and has been a Christian, third generation Christian where, you know, I'm just, I'm just Nick, the new guy. Wow. Know? So, um, you know, um, you know, drawing the arrow back, making sure that I'm getting a good pull, making sure that, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, as, as, as you, you know, kids are like an arrow, as you draw them back, as you look at them, you know, you're not really sure where they're going to go. And that was one of the questions I always had for, for the Lord. Like, what am I going to do with this guy? You know, wow. like Sean was, or my oldest son was different than my daughter was different from my, my youngest son. So reading through the scriptures, we just focused on character. Right. You know, I didn't right. care what they do. I didn't care if they're a garbage man, right. as long as like they were the best garbage man God wow. ever made. You know what I mean? Love, yeah. all the character yeah. traits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, right. self-control, you know, and then, and then the 14, you know, I, the 14 leadership traits, you know, justice, judgment, dependability, initiative, decisiveness, tact, integrity, enthusiasm, bearing on self courage, knowledge, loyalty, and endurance. <laughs> so, do you remember that, Rodney? NCO book in my office. <laughs> <laughs> he just quoted it yeah. like nothing. Yeah. So, you know, all, all of those, all of those things, I, I didn't care where they landed. Wow. Um, I just wanted to support them whatever direction they were headed and, right. and knew that, you know, if they did the right things, this is uh, a something uh, uh, a Marine Sergeant Major that mentored me told me. He said, he said, Buff, if you, you do the right things, successful cover will get like a blanket. Wow. And he's right. And and he he was a he was a guy that, that mentored me in the faith. And um so uh so that's really the way we raised the kids. Mm. You know, as long as they were they were true to Christ and fulfilling the purpose that uh you know that that God had set out for them. Right. Um and and doing the very best that they could do and treating people right. Right. Um, you know, I didn't care where they ended up as long right. as as long as those things were right. As long as they had that was that was the clear front side tip. Yeah. You know? You know, okay. So let me just let me just share this about Mike um, and give you my um, encouragement on this. So why I said for so many reasons Mike was perfect, and we're gonna have other guys on that fit the same criteria. But for me, why Mike is one. I mean, his weapons experience. I mean, he can come in and just you know he can put a gun in your hand and just teach you how to shoot. I mean, that's what you do. You taught my girls, right? Got their little certificate under you. Um, you can do that. But what I love, love, love about Mike. Okay, here's an encouragement. Um, Mike does not mind calling, I know me, maybe others, and just saying, man, I'm struggling here, I'm hurting here, I'm dealing with fear here, you got to pray with me here. So a lot of guys will get red flags and quit. Mm. And, and Mike, you know, I've, I've said this to you before, and what I appreciate about you so much is that you have, like at least me and I know others, as accountability. Sure. And you'll call me up and you'll just say, I need you to pray with me, or you'll send me a text and you'll say, I'm dealing with this, having a hard, hard time. Listen, guys, you're, you're going to face 
you're going to face front sight issues. Mm. Life's going to do what life does. Absolutely. And you're going to focus on the wrong target. The re- the rear aperture is going to be more clear than the front. I mean, all, all that, right? In other words, we're, we're going to mess up, and we're going to focus on the wrong things. We're going to make some mistakes. You're not defined by your mistakes. Yeah. Um, you start defining from that moment your humility, your confession, your accountability, your repentance in that moment. And that's what I'm telling you. So many guys that I meet with them, I'm like, you got to find somebody. And I give them my number. I'm like, text me when you're about to go on a stupid website. Call me when you're about two drinks in. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't need to, like, or when you're about to get angry. Just met with a guy on Sunday, and I said, what's up? He's like, man, it's anger. And I said, look, and I just walked in. I said, call me. The next time you about blow up or whatever, even if you don't even text something, like you're so mad you just hit something and just comes through empty, I'll know. Mm -hmm. Like, just do that. You do that. All right, so you do that well. You're like, I'm struggling with this. I'm and and you name it. You name you name what you're fighting, whether it's fear, whether it's hurt, whether it's insecurity, whether it's the you name it. So guys, I'm, that is how you keep things clear, and that is how you always hit what Christ wants you to aim at. And you know, so that, you know that yeah. that's a great a, a great point. When I'm I, I listen to you say that, thank you for those words. I wish I did even better job. But I think fear and shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. y- you yeah. know, uh, if if we are free, you know, if you know that Christ will set you free, you're free indeed, then you have to confront the fear and the shame, right? Yes. There is no shame for those that are in Christ Jesus. Right. There is nothing that you're ever going to do, nothing that you're doing, nothing that you ever did that he is not going to forgive you of. Right. Right. Wow. And And wrap you up in his arms. And, uh, and 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 forgive you. Right. I mean, that's what he's here for. Wow. The problem is, is again, humility. Am I going to believe what my my feelings and what my my conscience that right. convicts me uh, says about me, or am I going to believe what Christ says about me? Mm-hmm. And that's the new man, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I just so for so long lived in that fear and shame, and I just that w- which is the reason I call you, you know, um, and, and a couple other people is because I. Absolute. I know what that created in my life, um, and and I I don't want to go back there. I right. don't want, I don't want any of that darkness. I don't want to have anything to do with that. And you pass that off too. You know, you pass it off onto your kids. Yes, you do. You pass it off onto other other people. And and you know, introversion. I know one one of my same same gentlemen um, that that mentored me always told me that service to others is the rent that you pay for the space that you occupy in this world. Whoa. And when you stop serving other people, it's typically because of fear and shame. It's typically because you're, 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 you're collapsing in on yourself. So I think, I think that's one of the reasons why when we talk about doing good things, you know, Christ causes us to do good things. It's not that we're doing good things because, you know, because I have to do this or Christ is not going to love me. It's a manifestation of his life within us. And whenever that becomes hindered, typically it's serving other people. Right there's something getting in the way, and for me, it's always been fear and shame, and I think that's true of just about yeah. every guy, right? Whether wow. it's, yeah. well, no matter what it is, right? Having a having a drink, you know, you shouldn't have a drink. You know, for me, I know two is too many, and twelve is not enough. Right. Wow. So you know, mm. I I know that about myself, and I know that Christ early has told me, "Be sober, be vigilant, be sober, be be, be, wow. be vigilant." So I've got to be careful with that, you know. And you've got you got parameters you need, you know, we live, we live in, in, in a, in a, 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 uh, you know, a corrupt 
yeah. a corrupt tent, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and sanctification is part of part of you know yeah. living uh, living the way Christ wants us to live right. and denying that flesh that right. calls us to do all these things that we do not want to do. Wow! Right? So that's why I call you. Wow! <laughs> yeah, and thank you. Keep it up, man. Was that not awesome? Yeah. I mean, I want to go back and listen to that again, especially some of the stuff you said. I mean, I know I will because we're going to start typing out the transcripts on this. But, Mike, that was, you know, I want to read two verses. Um, One, what you just said, and then uh, the the last one to reinforce why um, front sight, and then hopefully it dials in what you just said. It literally deals with um, Romans 8.1. You know that, right? I think you just said it. There's no condemnation, no shame for those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? And then I want to end this with Joshua 1.9. So here sort of wraps up um, why front sight, and you'll see why when I close this thing in a minute, why I say, are we ready on the right, already on the left? Joshua 1.9, this is exactly what Mike was talking to us here. Actually, I'm going to begin at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So you and I, in verse 7 is where it tells us, you know, that we're supposed to look for the right and to the left. Don't, don't let that word depart out of our mouth. Mike, thank you so much for sharing this. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, man, you're coming back on. Right, you're coming sure. back on in, in future. You were honest, you were real, you were raw, and you dealt with what needed to be dealt with. And I'm hoping a lot of you guys um, listen to this today and go back and re-listen and share this, share this, share this. Once again, what we're talking about is how to be ready, ready, ready. Already on the right, already on the left, already on the firing line, guys. Joshua one eight seven through nine. We love you. We're praying for you. Reach out to us. Stay strong. See you soon.